What is that series about? Basic things about who God is and who we are as the church and walking with God, okay? So, so we started that series. We continue uh, reclaiming the basics again from what it means to know God um, and to be the church because you are the church. If you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus, you are the church. Um, and so we're trying to reclaim some of those basics because it's so easy in our, our, our church cultures and, and, and society and all that to lose um, to to uh, cloud some of the true uh, definitions and true meanings and true identities of who God is and who we are. So where did we start? What was lesson number one? If you need help, look at look at the blocks behind me. Fear God. That was number one. First, we discussed what it means to fear God. I was uh, listening to a podcast. They were talking about um, you know the Israelites. They left Egypt. Do you, anybody know where they went from Egypt? Through the forest? Okay, they, after they left Egypt, after they crossed the Red Sea, they went to, to this big a mountain. A mountain. Um, they, they wandered through the, a, a short period of the day. Anyway, the reason I mention that is because they come to this mountain and God kind of reveals himself and says, hey, I want to be in a, a relationship with you. Come up this mountain so that you may fear me, fear God, because if you fear me, it's going to help you not sin, because you're going to understand the consequences of sin. So it's just something I was listening to today, but when you first realize what God is like, the fullness of his sovereignty, the fullness of his holiness, man, it's, it's, it's very natural and proper to respond in fear and terror, because you realize you don't stand a chance before this holy God. So we start in this place of fearing God, but, but then God explains, there's nothing else to fear. If you fear me, I am the Almighty, but there's nothing else to fear because I love you, I cherish you, and I don't want you to, to destroy you. I don't want you to, you know, pop because of your sin. And you know, I, I don't know, I'm just, that's a weird phrasing, I guess, pop. That's a, I think that's what happens. We're like balloons. And if we get too close to the hot fire of God, we go, boop. That was recorded. It is recorded, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he wants us to be his children, his beloved, his friend. And so that led to our next lesson, which was? Following, following Jesus. Jesus. There we go. Yeah. Following Jesus. So, so, so God, you know, fear God was number one. Following Jesus so, so he tells us to follow Jesus, to know Jesus, to be like Jesus, um, to live like him. And as you start to follow Jesus, it means giving up control. It means giving up some of the things in your life. And, and what, what you realize in this walk with Jesus is these things that are hard to give up, that you give up, you start to recognize those things are leading you towards destruction anyways. And so Jesus is all about leading us. He's saving us, but he's leading us to this abundant life. That's what following Jesus is all about. And, and there's times where it may feel, feel overwhelming and impossible. Like I just went to a, a ministry conference, like 400 other youth pastors. So we were all playing dodgeball and stuff. No. Um, but uh, no, I just went to this conference and learned some really cool things um, and, and, and stuff like that. But man, I was telling Stormy earlier, some of the things I've learned, I'm like, man, I want to pursue this. I want to accomplish it. It just doesn't feel like it's possible. Like, there's no way we can make that happen 
there or do this. Like, I just don't see how. Same with you and following Jesus. There's times where it's overwhelming and, and it feels impossible, but that's why Jesus gave us his spirit, a spirit of power and truth and love. And that was our next lesson, the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit of God, he is the one who empowers us and leads us and enables us, um, encourages us to accomplish the mission that he's given us. So that's where we're at. Fear God, following Jesus, Holy Spirit. And tonight we talk about fellowship. Um, when we understand these, these interwoven aspects of who God is, you know, these three things that we've talked about so far, our lives have to change. Our, our response in, in relationship with him is just change. If you're not changing, you're, you're not really being affected by Jesus. You're not really following Jesus. Because all this time we've been living one way, we've been going this direction, we've been doing our own thing, control you know, over our own lives. Now we have to surrender it and go with Jesus and submit to the Spirit and live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, you know, and, and, and hear the Spirit, you know, walk in, in prayer. And so now we realize that we're part of something bigger. When, when you fear God, when you follow Jesus, when you submit to the Spirit, you realize you're part of a mission. You're part of something bigger, a real life, a real mission. But what is this new life? What is this new mission? Um, Jesus made that very clear. Your mission is to go into the world, love God, love people, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. It's about the very end of Matthew, the last chapter, last couple of verses. That's your mission. How many of y'all, you know, this is just, when I was studying this and getting ready, Jesus told us our mission is to make disciples and baptize people. How many of y'all have baptized people without playing the color game in the pool? Like, just think, I'm not saying, wow, y'all, none of y'all, because in our church culture, our society, it's the pastors that baptize. It's just an interesting thought, question. We're not baptized. Jesus said to. I mean, they're getting baptized, so that's good. But, but it's just an interesting, it's just interesting. Jesus told us he wants us to follow him, to obey what he commanded. He wants us to teach others about him, to help them follow Jesus, um, and to, to make disciples. And while we understand this and we read this and we've studied that verse, Matthew 28, uh, 20 through, or 19 through 20, I think we miss something. I think sometimes we miss a lot of things. But one of the things that we miss is, okay, Carson just kind of called us out because I haven't baptized somebody. I haven't made a disciple, even though Jesus said, and, and we, we, we must. We, that's the commandment from Jesus. And so one of the things that, that, I feel, at least, is, wow, that's a big ask. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know how to do that. I don't, yeah. And one of the things that we miss is Jesus never intended for us to do it alone. He doesn't want you and you alone to go do all of this. He wants us, the body of Christ, the church, his people, to do this together. Jesus really expects us to do this, but he never expects us to do it alone. That's why he gives us his spirit, but also that's why he gives us the church, each other. And so he says, now you're the church. You're part of a group of people. 
that extends way past this building, way past this room. Yes, we are, if you, again, if you believe in Jesus, you are the church. Yes, we also call this building the church, but that's just a cultural definition that we've come up with. Jesus calls his people the church. That means everybody who's belie- who believes in Jesus and has ever believed in Jesus is the church. Scripture talks about how those that have even died that are, are with, with, with God and in Christ, they're still part of the church. You have these saints watching over us, these saints praying for us. Um, the reality is we can't do it by ourselves. We have to stop thinking of the church as just a building or a service and start articulating and start uh, uh, believing that it's, it's, the people of, it's the people who fear God, who follow Jesus, and are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the church is. So God's intention for his church is this word, fellowship. I think I've taken a long enough break. I can stand up again. If I fall over, just put me back on that. Um, God's intention for you, his church, his people, is fellowship. Now, fellowship is, is an interesting word. Um, it's, it's huge in the Bible. This word fellowship is huge in the Bible. But when we mention fellowship, what are we usually talking about? Yeah, so we have a fellowship meal or a fellowship event, or we have a fellowship hall. Yeah, I mean, every Baptist church in the whole world, I'm pretty sure, has a fellowship hall. And if you don't, you're not Baptist, apparently. Um, and even some of the other churches, like, you know. I'm just, anyway, I'm just messing. But, um, so, so again, that's just a cultural definition that we've added on, that we've adopted. I'm not saying the fellowship hall is bad, I think the youth room's better, um, but um, anyway, uh, this whole idea of fellowship—it's huge in the Bible. But sometimes we lessen it by just putting it just to these little things, like these hangouts. Like, hey, we're going to hang out this this uh, Sunday. Come do that, and then next month we might do it again, and that's fellowship. But it's not just seeing each other once a month at a special event or once a week at su- church on Sunday or Wednesday. That's not fellowship. Um, the Bible says this, look, Acts 4, verse 32, it says, uh, uh, after Jesus had ascended, the, uh, uh, the, the Christians were coming together, it says this, the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed any of his possessions that was his own, instead they held everything in common, they shared. See, the full number of those believed, they were, they were of, of one heart, one soul, it says, but they were just, they were unified. And that when it came to their stuff, when it came to their money, when it came to the things that God had blessed them with, they didn't claim it as their own. They made sure nobody was in need. They gave freely. They were generous. They connected in unity and they gave generously. That's a picture of fellowship. And this, this was the, there was an understanding of, of mission together. They saw past themselves and they figured, they, they figured out they're part of something bigger now. 
when it comes to fearing God, following Jesus, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, man, it puts you in a place where you're part of something bigger. You're part of something that's not just you. It's bigger than you. And you're not alone in it either. And so this whole idea of fellowship, man, it's different from a potluck. It's this idea that, that we're one now, that we're family, that we're connected, sharing like a family, sharing like a, a body that supports all of its parts, sharing uh, like a temple where, where it's all part of something bigger, but it's all working the same direction. Different parts, but part of something bigger. Uh, have any of y'all, this is kind of a fun question, have any of y'all ever met somebody that was or is in a gang? A real gang. A couple of y'all? I'm just curious. I just wanted to know. I've met a few people over my life. Um, most of them, they're no longer in the, they were no longer in the gangs. And uh, we actually, I went to a youth camp once, and our, uh, our room sponsor was a guy that used to be in a gang. Um, and so he showed us all of his guns. And I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. Um, it's a joke. Um, no, but one of the things he talked about is to get in the gang, you have to get jumped in. To get out, you have to get jumped out. Um, it, it's no longer, it's not that fun, unless you just like being beat up, apparently. Um, but I heard the story about a, a different pastor in a different church. Uh, one of his members was in a gang, and he gave up everything to follow Jesus. And so he went to church, and he got baptized, and he was extremely excited about following Jesus and being part of a church. But after a while, he stopped coming. And so they followed up with him, like, hey, why did you stop coming? What What happened? And, and here's kind of what he said. He's like, when I got baptized, I thought it was going to be like when I got in my gang. Because after I got jumped into my gang, man, we, we were, everybody had my back. It was a family, like 24-7, they had my back. And so when I got baptized, I, I thought that it would be like that. I didn't know it was just going to be Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. And so he said, he's like, I guess I just had it wrong in my head. And the, the pastor responds, you know, in, in what I was uh, in, in this story, he's like, no, 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 you, you had it right. We have it wrong sometimes. Or we, we feel like, okay, I only go to church twice a week at most. Uh, maybe we do this extra thing in youth camp once a year, whatever, or, or fields of faith. It was awesome, and we were close then, but other than that, uh, don't really hang out with those people. Don't really check up on them. Don't really pray for them. Don't really talk to them. Don't really. I think we're missing something. It's, it's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Because sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves, so caught up in our programs, that the gangs understand fellowship more than we do sometimes. And it's just an interesting story that just really kind of wakes me up to this whole idea that we have some, area, some, some need for growth in this whole idea of fellowship. Yet it is the very fellowship that Jesus wants for us. You see, this, this mission that we've been sent on, Jesus says we are together, and together we're supposed to gather and proclaim the excellencies of, of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. It's out of First Peter, I think. Um, we're supposed to do that together. And the whole idea about proclaiming Jesus is that we can't do it without people. I can't talk about Jesus by myself. I can't fully show and display who Jesus is and proclaim Jesus without others. And here's what I mean. You are each supposed to 
you know, in your, your Christian life, learn how to talk to people about Jesus, and that requires you to do it. Um, but you can't fully do it by yourself. And again, here's what I mean. Um, I can tell you Jesus forgives you and that Jesus is forgiving, but it isn't enough until uh, the world looks upon me and, and I'm, I'm in, in, interacting with the church and, and people in the church keep hurting me because <coughs> that's going to happen. You're going to get hurt in this youth group. You're going to get hurt in this church. You're going to get hurt when you relate to Christians. Why? Because they're people and we all make mistakes and we all make offenses. But the thing that sets Christianity apart and following Jesus apart and being the church is when we forgive over and over and over again. You hurt me in this way, but I forgive you. They did this to me, but I, I was overlooked over here, but, but I forgive. And that's what truly shows the world who Jesus is. But when we hold grudges and when we are bitter towards one another, that's not fellowship. Forgiveness is part of fellowship. Mistakes are going to happen, but we have to keep forgiving. And it's a unity. It's, it's, it, this fellowship, it's a unity so strange because you're not going to find it anywhere else in the world. The forgiveness that comes from Christ. See, we live in a time where people are so quick to ditch one another and God says, no, I want you to be different. I want you to be faithful, to be forgiving, to be authentic, to be that support and that love and that truth that, man, we, we need in this world. I want this one group of people, this church, this, these people of Christ that are devoted to sharing their lives together. I want them to be devoted to sharing their lives together and sharing this mission together. So when someone offends you, you forgive them, and then suddenly people are seeing the proclaimed Christ. You want to show people who Jesus is, and that's part of it, is doing it together, forgiveness, fellowship together. And they'll see it in the flesh. They'll see Jesus in the flesh. They'll see Christ. Christ in you because remember if you fear God if you follow Jesus if you're filled with the Holy Spirit you are Jesus Jesus is in you you are a little Christ that's what it means Christian the the definition little Christ you're part of his body and and, and that's what we're supposed to be we're supposed to be Christ to others because he is in us and we are in him and he says that's the church's responsibility love each other so much that when you do the rest of the world will actually see god his plan was fellowship in john 17 jesus prays um and he prays this may they all be in one may they all be one all all the the believers all the uh, christians may they all be one as you father are in me and i am in you and may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me See, there's something about our unity that makes our message believable. We talk about a Jesus that forgives, a Jesus that loves. But if we don't do that in our own groups, in our own church, in our own fellowship, our message isn't very believable. And it's funny because we were at at this conference 
How, I don't think any of you, how many of y'all were here when I did what, what we call the atheist role play? This is many years ago at this point. I don't know, I don't know how many of y'all might have been here, a few, because um, it's almost been seven years and so sixth graders then would have been gone by now, but I don't know. But anyway, I was doing one of those again, and this is, this is a conference of pastors, you know, ministry leaders and volunteers, and uh, this guy's pretending to be the atheist, and there's like 50, 60, 70 different ministry leaders in this room talking to him, and some of them were so rude. So rude. It's like, it's like me just saying, hey, I don't want you to come to church anymore. I don't like you. Like, that's just, that's not, that's not what I should, as the leader, the youth pastor. And so, man, if we can't be nice to one another, how are we supposed to be nice to these that, man, they're going to attack us, attack us, attack us, because they don't agree. They don't believe what we believe. They don't know what we know. There's something about our unity that makes our message believable. And look, if, if I'm perfectly honest, I'm more comfortable doing it by myself. I'm a lone wolf kind of guy. I don't, I, I'm one of those, I hate group projects, even though I could use the smartest guy in the room to up my grade, I still hate it. Um, like, I, I, I'm a loner. It's a lot easier. I don't have to put up with different personalities or different arguments. It's just nicer in, in, in my eyes just let me have my own relationship with God, my own walk, my own mission, but that's not what God intended. <coughs> God says, that's, that's not what I designed you for. Here's the mission. I need you to show Jesus to the world by the way that you interact with one another and love one another. Jesus over and over again said, man, the world's going to know that you're mine, that you follow Jesus by the way you love one another fellowship so if i'm gonna accomplish this mission that god's given me i need others with me and i've got to have them with me and if you think about it that's how he designed us as humans for a relationship over and over again the bible shows us it's not good for us to be alone that's why god created marriage that's why god created friendship that's why god created all relationships and then he created dogs as well. That's important. Yes. But, but this whole idea of fellowship and, and the way God designed us for fellowship and this mission that fellowship is required for, it completely flies in the face when we claim, well, I don't need the church. I don't have to go to church. I can have a relationship with Jesus myself. While that may be true, you're not accomplishing the, his mission that he's given you, that he's commanded you when you're not a part of the church. And I've heard it time and time again Oh, I don't, I don't have to go to church. Church hurt me. This happened. I don't, yeah, I, it does. And it happens. It sucks. But it doesn't matter. When it comes to the greater mission that we're a part of, we have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to grow and get past some things. And it's when we learn to grow in our fellowship, man, it's a beautiful thing. When we have one heart, one mind, one soul, man, Jesus says it, it, it's going to do this beautiful thing. And, and 2,000 years ago, Jesus was standing at the base of another mountain. And, and, and he's like, look, on this rock, I'm building my church. This is going to happen. Fellowship is happening. The, the question is, are we going to be a part of it? 
My mission is going to be accomplished. The question is, once again, is are we going to be a part of it? Do you attend to, to do, do you want to ha- participate and have this sharing, this fellowship that God intended for his church? Or do you want to continue living in isolation and struggling over and over again alone? If you want this fellowship, you have to jump in. And you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with others but it takes you jumping in. And it's an exciting time because, man, I, I'm encouraged by some of the things I learned at this, this conference or, or relearned or reaffirmed or whatever, but, but a lot of people are, are being a, a, uh, awakened to, to some of the things that we just have gotten away from in our church cultures, um, and, and we're trying to come back to it. Um, but so many people all over the world, they're having this same conviction of what church was meant to be. And coming back to it, reclaiming the basics. That there's supposed to be a greater unity and everyone's feeling the same thing, that, that some of the customs that we've created just aren't working. Because when, when I read the Bible, there should be this deep love that comes from knowing Jesus and, and, and we share it and, and exercise it and we experience it all the more when we love others and love each other. It's, fellowship is not just coming into a room and staring forward. You know, that, that, the, the family, it's, it's a body. It's, it's, it's working together. Some parts might not cross as much. Some paths might not cross as much. Like, I, I know I'm supposed to go eat out with John. I promised him like three weeks ago now, like, hey, we're going to get together again. Brayden, I know I, I told him like two weeks ago I need to eat lunch with you. I'm pretty sure I've let Caden down a thousand times at this point because um, of, of the things I'm going through. But I want to continue having fellowship with these people and all of you. But there's going to be times where our pastors don't get across as much. That's just part of it sometimes. But it doesn't have to destroy and hinder our connection, our unity, and our fellowship together. And so again, the question is, how are you going to participate? How are you going to jump in? Will you be a part of it? of this spirit-led fellowship because this is something Jesus is doing. So if you fear God and if you follow Jesus and if you're spirit-filled, then, then you're my brother and you're my sister and we have opportunity to walk together in unity in Christ, to have fellowship. You know, when God looks down at us, he sees in his eyes as his family and he wants us to live that way. And you know, from your own family experiences, there's gonna be some times when we, you know, bump, up a little harder together than we meant to and sometimes it hurts but that's what forgiveness and that's what love and that's what Jesus is all about and that's what he means by fellowship so just like we have the last several weeks we're going to break up um, and we have a few questions that we can run through real quick but I just want to give y'all some time we'll do guys and girls again um, just because it's y'all on this side you know it works out perfect um, but uh just give you some time to give you the opportunity to participate in fellowship, to, to, to be genuine, to be honest, be authentic, be open, and to love each one another in those, to protect you. You know, sometimes we say stupid things when we open our mouths. Instead of laughing, say, I get that. I've thought the same way. And I love you, and I'm going to pray for you regardless, even if you're a stupid cat heard it toenail and i'll pray for it even though i hate cats i'm just giving you an example 
I'm kidding. All right, so let me pray because I'm ruining the whole sermon right now. Um, and let's go have some conversations. Let's, let's have some genuine fellowship, just connecting with one another. Father God, just thank you uh, for this opportunity that we have just to dive into your word, to, to just talk about some of the things that you care about, that you've initiated, and that you're doing amongst us, whether we jump in or not. You're making it happen. So God, I pray that we step up, that we uh, take the next step in, in just this idea of fellowship, um, with, with your church body that you've, you've given us. God, you've put this room, these people, these youth together for a reason. And God, you want to do amazing things, something bigger than us, through us. So God, I just thank you for that. Guide us in this time. Um, and, and just thank you for these youth and, and, and uh, just all that they mean to me. Um, I love them. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.